was the bottom of the ninth with McGuire up the bat. Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap. I was eight years old, wearing gold and green. From my head to my toes, rap game Billy Bean. She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts. On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse. Sitting in the stands with her family. With the baseball glove her dad handed me. As the season unfolded, we held our breath. Watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome to the podcast Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy. Hence the name Jokestrap. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everybody, welcome to Jokestrap, episode number 99. Uh, September 25th, 2021 is the recording date. I'm back. I know it has been a while once again. And I know if you listened in the last episode, you're probably like, what the hell was that shit? Um, that was worse than usual. And I agree. I concur. I apologize. It was a pointless episode. I ended up having some free time I didn't expect to have that day. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to record a podcast. But then I was already aggravated when I started recording the podcast so I just kind of went into it not having anything to talk about. And then obviously the podcast ended up being a, a bunch of nothing. Uh, so that's what happened there. Um, I had a flat tire I got in my car. And so I had free time during that day. And I was just like, well, you know, I have the free time. I might as well record a podcast. And then uh, that happened. So that's how that episode came to be. But here we are. Um, I believe this is episode 99. We're almost to 100. It's almost time to officially retire this podcast. I don't know. Am I? Maybe. I might get to 100 and stop. Who knows? I don't even know. So how would you know? Um, anyway, um, just wanted to give some updates here. Um, I still haven't done a comedy show, uh, Zoom or person. So there's that if you're looking for updates on me from me about comedy and what's going on in the comedy world. Um, there's nothing there. Um, just haven't done it yet. Um, just haven't been writing comedy material, to be honest. So once I get back into the writing habit, I'll get back out there and test it. It'll happen. It's just a matter of when. So um, let's see. So... Sorry, I had a brain fart there. I was trying to figure something out on the computer, and it took me a second. So that's why I was going, huh, hmm, huh. Anyway, uh, I figured it out. So uh, anyway, yeah, I wanted to give an update where we are, sports world. In case you do tune in, I realized last time I was like, nobody listens, nobody listens. But how? I, I don't have all the numbers. Maybe people over overseas tune in because they want to know something about the A's that they hadn't been able to read. Um, you know, information isn't easily available everywhere as much as I would think it is sometimes. Um, like I said, hey, it should be easy for you to follow your own team. You don't need me to help you. And maybe some of you, for whatever reason, do listen to my podcast and are like, hey, man, you're supposed to keep me updated on the A's and the Sharks and whatnot, and you didn't even say shit. 
Anyway, um, so I'm gonna try to do that this episode. Um, we're coming on the final stretch of the baseball season. We are in the last week of the baseball season, uh, starting tomorrow. Um, so seven games left for most teams now. Um, the A's, man, I just don't get them this year, man. They uh, they look good and then they look bad and they look good and they look bad. It's been like a terrible roller coaster. Um, from July, not July, from September 20th through the 23rd, so just this past week, uh, they were playing the Seattle Mariners in a four-game series, and, uh, it was, uh, pretty much, like, not a much must-win-every-game series, but it would have been nice if the A's, like, split the series or won the series, Instead, they got swept four games by the Mariners, and now the Mariners are ahead of the A's in the standings, and the A's dropped in the wildcard standings, let alone the division standings. So, it's been tough. Uh, the A's just haven't been able to figure out the Mariners this year for whatever reason. And then they played, they've now played two games in a three-game series against the Astros at home. And the A's won both of those, both yesterday and today. So, and the Astros are the division-leading team. So you would think if they could beat the Astros, they should be able to beat the Mariners. But sometimes that's just not how it works. Sometimes teams have your number for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. I don't understand. Anyway, um, so that's that. Um... So right now, as it stands, uh, the Houston Astros still have that division lead, five and a half games up on the Seattle Mariners and seven games up on the A's. So basically, the Astros have to lose every game the rest of the season, and the A's have to win every game the rest of the season if the A's are going to take the division, which the likelihood of something like that happening, uh, doubtful. The A's do play tomorrow again against the Astros. I'll be going to that game. It's the last home game for the A's of the regular season. And then they play um, Monday through Wednesday against the Mariners again. And then they play Friday through Sunday to end the season again against the Astros all on the road. So if the A's are going to pull off something like that, they're going to have to figure out how to beat the fucking Mariners and then they're going to have to sweep the Astros at the end of the season. So, uh, and in addition to winning tomorrow. So, I mean, it's a long shot. Could it happen? Sure. Will the likelihood? Not so much. Now, they have a better chance of possibly getting back into the wild card conversation. Um, they are currently three and a half games out of the second place wild card team, which is currently the Yankees, but that may change here any second. Um, because Yankees are playing the Red Sox, and those are the two wild card teams. Uh, as of right now, the Red Sox are up uh, one game over the Yankees, but I think the Yankees are currently winning that game. So then they would basically be tied. Um, so Seattle's two games out of the wild card spot, and so is Toronto, and Oakland's three and a half games out. So Oakland needs. Basically, Toronto to lose their games. They need Seattle to lose their games. They need the Yankees to lose their games and the Red Sox to lose their games. And that would all be helpful for the A's to get one of those wild card spots. 
again, likelihood of something like that happening, I don't know, not not that great, but better shot at a wild card than winning the division. Uh, the chances are a little bit better, at least. Um, but it's just been a rough season overall for the A's. Um, I mean, expectations were for them to do a little bit better than they have. They made that great trade deadline acquisition of Harrison and Marte, and that's still been a great trade. Uh, Marte got the game-winning walk-off today. Uh, the A's won 2-1 to against the Astros, and Harrison and Marte were the two guys that had the RBI in the game. So um, it's not for lack of trying. It's just they their bullpen days haven't been able to execute, and then some days the pitching does well and the hitting doesn't well do well. They just haven't been able to put – everything together all the time and then you had a very dismal first half of the season from uh, Matt Chapman Um, he's been striking out a lot he's uh, about to break the record for most uh, strikeouts by an A's hitter Um, uh, Jack Cust has that record with 197 and Matt Chapman sitting at 194 so unless he limits himself to two strikeouts over the last seven games, then he'll probably end up with that record. Not a record you really want. Um, but yeah, it's just been one of the one of those seasons where you, you just don't understand what's going on. Jed Lowry was having a good first half of the season. He's kind of fizzled out. We thought this was like the, oh my gosh, comeback player of the year, Jed Lowry. Oh my goodness. But then, I don't know, somewhere along the line, his, his bat sort of fizzled out. So, you know, some stuff you can't really explain. It just happens. Um, the rest of the teams, uh, looking at the playoffs right now, um, Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Rays have clinched a playoff spot. The Chicago White Sox have clinched a playoff spot um, in the American League. Um, it's looking pretty certain Houston will eventually clinch a playoff spot. And then, like I said, you got Boston, New York currently in the wildcard lead. But Seattle, Toronto, and Oakland all trying to fight for that wild cards, those two wild card spots as well. Uh, in the National League, um, man, the San Francisco Giants are something else. I, I don't understand it. I don't. I haven't really watched their games that that much this year, if at all. Maybe a few innings here or there. Um, but like on paper. When the season started, nobody nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw them winning this many games. And now here we are, uh, you know, six, seven games left in the season, and they have won 100 games. 100 games, and it's kind of like uh, 1993 all over again in a sense because they've won 100 games, and they still haven't guaranteed themselves first place in that uh, division because the Dodgers are right behind them at 99 and 55. Now, unlike that 93 season, uh, the Giants have at least clinched a wild card berth at the very least. So they'll at least get to play one game of playoffs, if nothing else. I mean, if if not winning the division. But they're currently at a one-game lead over the L.A. Dodgers. Um, so it would be interesting to see how that division ends up at the end of the season. I'm pretty sure... The Giants are going to be playing the Dodgers in a three-game set at the end of the season. Um, that's usually how they end their season. Uh, I'm just going to double-check that. Of course, this year it's probably different. 
No, they actually end their season against the Padres. Okay, so they don't they don't play the Dodgers anymore. So the Giants play are currently in a series against the Rockies, and then they'll play the Diamondbacks and then the Padres. So they're all they're all division games, but not against that one team you would expect them to be playing. So the Padres can be a real sleeper here um, in these coming days and kind of bounce back here. So the Dodgers are currently playing the Diamondbacks right now, and then they'll play the Padres, and then they'll finish against the Brewers, which doesn't make any sense. You don't play, you don't finish the season against your own division. I I don't understand that. Um. So the Brewers will be a tough matchup for sure. Um, if they're playing their players, huh? That'll be interesting because the Brewers have clinched a playoff spot, I think, or they're pretty close to it. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they've clinched a playoff spot. So will the Brewers play play their top players over that last weekend of the season to try to prevent the Dodgers from winning the division? Hmm, interesting. It's going to be interesting how that how those the the final standings finish between the Giants and the Dodgers there. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals have been on an absolute tear. Um, they've won 15 in a row and are now in the second spot of the wild card standings. So <laughs> I don't understand that either. Like everyone thought for sure, like the Padres would be one of the wild card teams. Uh, the Padres are now seven and a half games back of a wild card. Um, so that's pretty much all but eliminated. They're one game away from being eliminated from wild card contention. Uh, the Reds are two games away from being eliminated, and the Phillies are about three. So, I mean, unless the Phillies really poured on here um, at the end, it's looking like the Cardinals are going to be facing either the Giants or the Dodgers in that one game wild card game in the National League. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. Um, overall, the season I feel has been okay. I mean, as a, from a major league baseball standpoint, um, there was issues with the all-star game. It got political. I don't know how big of a deal it was from moving the game from Atlanta to, to Colorado, um, what big effect that really played on anything. Um, I think it's uh, disappointing for the businesses in Atlanta who are looking forward to, you know, the people coming in for the All-Star game. So they lost money in a sense that way. And I also see they haven't rescheduled a future All-Star game to be in Atlanta yet. So that's kind of odd. Um, it's kind of like, wow, they took it away for good for multiple years from Atlanta. So, um, I think someone was suing Atlanta for that too. I don't know what came of it or anything. Um, and then also this year you had the whole Trevor Bauer shit that's going down that they still haven't figured out, which I don't understand. Like, make a decision already. They ended up paying, the Dodgers ended up having to pay him for this whole season because they put him on administration leave, which means you still get paid, but you can't play. So he got paid the whole season. I don't know. It seems like his case is taking way too long. A similar situation happened with Starlin Castro with the Washington Nationals. 
and they decided, okay, we're going to suspend him 30 games. And then the Nationals, after the suspension was over, was like, we're releasing him. So that one was like more, I guess, there was more evidence or I don't know what it was. Like what in that situation made it easier to come up with some sort of disciplinary action than with Bauer? I, that's what I, I don't understand. Um, so it's really a shame, you know, for Starling Castro to get himself into that situation. Um, because when you look at his stats, this is a guy that had the potential to be to be maybe one of the last players um, um, to get 3,000 hits in his career. So he's a four-time All-Star. He's 31 years of age, so still technically pretty young. He broke into the majors when, as a 20-year-old, um, and he's had... He has 1,722 career hits. So the pandemic season uh, definitely wasn't helpful for him because he only played 16 games in that short season, although he averaged one hit a game. Um, but, yeah, he has 1,722 career hits. So, I mean, if he could have got 1,300 more hits over the span of, I don't know, seven or eight more years... He might have had a chance at getting 3,000. But we'll probably never know. He probably won't be playing in the majors again. He might be playing in Mexico or something like that. But um, Miguel Cabrera is another guy to keep an eye on, not for any domestic abuse or anything like that. But he did hit his 500, 500th career home run recently. And next up for him is going to be career hit number 3,000. Um, He's at 2,980 career hits right now, so it's probably not going to happen this year, but it should happen early next year. And he does plan to play through the rest of his contract, which is two more years. So he's signed through 2023. So he'll be a guy that gets to 3,000 hits soon. Um, and definite surefire Hall of Famer there in Miguel Cabrera. Um Will there ever be a 300 game winner in the America or in the American League in the major leagues again? Um, for a while, I was thinking maybe, you know, CC Sabathia would do it, but he's he's retired now. He was at 250. Um, another guy I was thinking was Verlander, Justin Verlander, but he's out with Tommy John, and I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to play. Um, Verlander currently sitting at. <clears throat> he's currently sitting at 226 career wins. So I think uh, for some of these stats, just the way the game's played now with the five-man rotation, with uh, all these bullpen games and whatnot, that some of these stats are going to have to be skewed um, for Hall of Fame credentials. Like it used to be, you know, 300 wins. You're sure you're definitely in the Hall of Fame. And then it, it was like... Uh, uh, what was the other? 300 saves or something like that, and you're in. And uh, uh, what's the other? Oh, home runs. 500 home runs, and you're definitely in. Like, we're more than likely going to see more 500-plus home run hitters than we are going to see 300-plus win pitchers. And uh, it's just because the pitchers don't pitch as deep into games anymore, so they have less chance of winning. 
and plus you have five-man rotations over four-man rotations, so you're pitching less. So there's that. Um, if there was one pitcher right now who might have a chance at getting 300 wins, it would be Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he's 10-7 and seven this year with the Dodgers. He's got 185 career wins. Now, he is 33 years old. So, you know, how much longer is he going to pitch? How much, uh, how many wins is he going to get every year? Uh, but let's say he got, oops, let's say he was getting going to get 15. Let's say he plays six more years. He plays till he's 39 or something like that. So if he got 15 wins for six more years, that would be 90 wins. And that would still put him up just short of 300 with 275. So it's going to be a long shot for Kershaw unless he can pitch into his 40s, which isn't isn't not possible. I mean, Randy Johnson did it. So if he extends his career like Randy Johnson, he might have a shot at 300 wins. But then again, is are the Dodgers or whatever team he's with going to be winning a lot of games? Um, that's the other thing. So we'll see. He's had some health issues recently too, so he has to stay healthy, and that's what it's all about: being, uh, being having that longevity, staying healthy. Um, yeah. Speaking of staying healthy, let's talk some San Francisco 49ers football. Uh, the football season underway. Uh, the 49ers are two and zero. They play again tomorrow. Sunday, September 26th, uh, they have the Sunday night football game against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but the San Francisco 49ers running back situation is pretty bad right now. Um, everybody, everybody hurts. Um, it's uh, it's pretty bad. I mean, after week one, Mostert went down for the year. Um, so that sucked. Um, and then... Trey Sermon went down, and uh, they used Elijah Mitchell, their rookie, in that very first game. He did great, but then he got hurt. And anyway, um, their depth chart at running back is pretty slim right now. Um, Jermichael Hasty got himself hurt too. So we'll see what the, they look like at running back. They have signed a few guys. Um, from the free agency list um, to help out here. Um, hopefully, hopefully they can get um, that help that they need at the running back position. Um, the Niners haven't looked um, extraordinary by any means in these first two games of the season. Uh, the first game, that I mean, it looked like they were going to blow out um, the blow out the. Uh, the Detroit Lions, but then the Lions were able to make it close at the end, and it was a much closer game than it should have been. And then uh, in the next game, it was mostly the 49ers' defense doing the work, and the offense really didn't do much against the Philadelphia Eagles. So the 49ers' offense, aside from Debo Samuel this year, hasn't really looked amazing. Hopefully we get to see uh, George Kittle come up with some huge catches, um, and hopefully Brandon Ayuk can get himself back in the in the rotation of receivers. Um, he's kind of been dropped from the depth chart a little bit because of a injury, 
Uh, but he had a great year last year, so I don't think he should be punished for that. Um, so hopefully the 49ers get themselves going a little bit more, can recover from these injuries at running back. Uh, that would be good to see. Um, moving on from football to hockey, uh, NHL preseason starts September 26th, so that's tomorrow. Uh, the Sharks' pr- first preseason game is tomorrow, um, and the Sharks' situation is interesting one uh, with the Vander Kane still uh, in question whether or not he'll be with the Sharks at all this year um, he had been under there had been an allegation that he had gambled on NHL games and on his own games uh, NHL looked at that and decided there was no evidence there and he was acquitted um, he was exonerated from that and Everything looked like it was great, right? No, not quite, because there's other allegations against him that NHL is now investigating, I think, in regards to, like, domestic violence or sexual assault or something like that. Um, and so they're investigating those now. And um, even if he's found not guilty of that, um, there's no telling what the Sharks may or may not do. Uh, would they keep him around or would they not? There's talks that some of the Sharks' teammates don't want him there. So um, they did do some press conferences uh, the other day at the Sharks' uh, first training camp. And some of the reporters asked the Sharks, would you welcome uh, Kane back if you know he's found not guilty or whatever? And some of the players were like, yeah, sure. And some just said they didn't want to talk about it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with all the Evander Kane situation. Uh, personally, I mean, if he's found to be innocent or whatever, I'd like to see him back. Uh, he had a great season last year. Um, he was the top goal scorer on the Sharks. So you're losing a big player um, if he's gone. But then, you know, I also understand if other players can't get along with them, then something has to be done there too. So it's a slippery slope. Uh, right there with the San Jose Sharks. So we'll see what happens. I did get my ticket for their home opener. Ready to go back and see some live hockey at the SAP Center. Uh, Their home opener is October 16th against the Winnipeg Jets. So I am excited about that. Uh, Should be an interesting experience and a fun one. Um, So. Live sports are back in effect. Anyway, um, so <laughs> gonna go see that and uh, basketball NBA will be starting up shortly ag- again after that. Um, so <coughs> Warriors are looking to have themselves a good season. So um, still a little bit of ways from that starting back up. Um, let's see what when is NBA opening day? It's usually around Halloween. I want to say. NBA, MMBA, no, NBA opener, what is NBA opening day, it's October 19th, okay, so it's sooner than I thought, um, it's gonna be back to 82 games, like a usual schedule, um, so, so yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, all right, <clears throat> there was one other thing 
I was going to discuss. And that was uh, this recent uh, incident in the Major League Baseball uh, with Kevin Kiermeyer um, on the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays. There was an incident where Kevin Kiermeyer was running the bases and trying to score at home, and he was out. Uh, but in the process of trying to score, uh, the catcher had his little, like, helpful card that catchers use nowadays on his wristband that fell out of his wristband and fell in the dirt. The catcher tagged Kiermeyer for the last out, ran back to the dugout, not realizing he dropped the card. Kiermeyer kind of looked down, saw the card, picked it up without looking at it, and ran back in the dugout, and then handed it off to a coach. And the Blue Jays apparently asked for the card back, and Tampa Bay is like, no, we're not giving it back. So um, I don't have a problem with it, to be honest, what Kiermeyer did. That's fine. Um, I just think in general those stupid cheat cheat cards that they use nowadays, uh, I don't know why they need them. To be honest, I feel like in the in the past they never really used these kind of things. Like every position player has one now. It's like I think I think it's because of all the analytics that come with the game now. Like okay, we got to shift on this guy. Okay, we got to you know play this guy to pull. We got to pitch this guy outside. We got to pitch this guy inside. You know, whole bunch whole bunch of different dynamics, and then. The, the cautionary, oh, no, they're going to steal a sign. So anytime, if you haven't seen it, watch really closely when someone's on second base against any team, and you'll notice that the pitcher looks in his hat a lot because he has his card in there and it show, cha- tells them the different pitch sequences they want to use because they're afraid the runner on second base is going to figure it out and relay it to his batter or something like that, which is legal. But... I feel like there's so much of this looking at the card stuff, and it, I don't know. To me, it's it's it it looks it's kind of like a comedian looking at their notes during a set. It doesn't look good. Like I feel like as a catcher, you should know the batter's tendencies and everything going into the game. That should be part of your scouting reports prior to the game. You shouldn't be looking at your notes during the game. That's maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. I feel like you should know this stuff. It's the game you've been playing your whole life, right? I mean, at the very least, if if you're, I mean, if it's in, if it's in calling pitches or whatever, and you don't, if you're a new younger catcher and you you can't you you know it's in, you lack calling the pitches. Okay, look into the dugout and get the sign from the manager. Do it that way. Why do you need to use the cheat card? Bad eyesight. I don't know. It doesn't make. They don't make sense to me. I, I, I feel like it looks bad. Um, but yeah, no no fault on Kiermaier for saying, "Hey, look what just became available to us. We're trying to win a division here." I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. Um. The Arizona Fall League is coming back this year for baseball um, after taking last year off during the pandemic. So um, something different with the Arizona Fall League this year 
in case you didn't know, the Arizona Fall League is a league where a bunch of top prospects from uh, every major league team uh, get together and play games against each other. It composes of six teams, and uh, the schedule starts on October 13th this year, uh, a little bit later. Um, but um, this year, um, they're requiring all the players to get vaccinated. So unlike you know Major League Baseball itself, for this particular league, all the players have to get vaccinated. Um, I was thinking about going to catch some games for a week in the Arizona Fall League this year, um, but they've also announced that um, players and coaches will not be signing autographs this season uh, per the COVID protocols from Major League Baseball. So my uncle and I decided eh, it wasn't really worth going if we can't get any autographs because that's primarily the reason we would go. Um because there's usually not many people in attendance at these games. So um, it's a good time to collect autographs, which is something we like to do. Um, but yeah, it's good that it's still coming back this year. They are going to be doing some experimental rule changes in 2021. Some of these changes are uh, some of the same changes they've done throughout the minors, but now they're implementing them through the entire for the whole fall league season. Uh, it's like a six-week season, uh, but they're going to do uh, the 15-second pitch clock that they had in the low-A West League this year. Um, they're going to do a limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance, uh, which was also introduced in low-A this season. I don't like that one. Um, there's going to be a, a rule governing the positioning of infielders and a tip to limit shifting. So you have to have two infielders on both sides of second base at all time. Um, and that rule was in double A. Um, I don't know if there was any significant change that happened in that from double A. Um, and then there's larger bases. Uh, bases are from 15 inches to 18 inches. And that was something that was changed in AAA. So all of those are going to be taking place in the Arizona Fall League. Um, now, I do know that in low A, there was more stolen bases this year because of that pickoff rule. Um, and I know in AAA, there was some more stolen bases because the bases are bigger too. So if these rules end up coming to the majors, expect some more stolen bases, I guess. Um, but that pickoff rule is stupid. I don't. I don't understand that at all. Why would you not want to? If you're worried he's gonna run, you would throw over, and then if you throw over twice, they knows you can't throw over anymore. That's kind of dumb. What do you just pitch out? I don't know. All right. Okay. That's it. That's it for this podcast, you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to chime in on the note card thing or any of these weird-ass rules or whatever, feel free to call in, 916-237-7237. If we feel like your message is good enough, we will play it on the podcast. All right, guys, take it easy, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.